Well, Daniel was an interesting man. I'll tell you, he's a prophet of God, and he was told that his prayer was heard. Can you imagine God telling you that? Very interesting. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembry. I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery Television. Thank you for joining us today as we go to air and look at this, a very interesting passage in Scripture. Get your Bible guide out. We'll tell you how to do that in just a moment. But Corey and Ryan are here. Corey, what are you doing? Well, Mom and I are actually going to be combining our segments today. We're going to be focusing in on Daniel chapter 10. Lots of interesting things to mm. learn there. Ryan? All right. Well, there are a lot of prophecies in the Old Testament regarding the Messiah, but it might surprise you to realize that there are, are at least two of these prophecies that pinpoint when he was going to step into history. You know, that's really interesting. And Daniel is a fascinating study as we begin to uh, or continue to uh, enter into this prophet's writings. So take out the Bible guide, take out your Bible, the most important book of all. Let's hear God. Daniel 10, 1 through 14. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long, and he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now on the twenty-fourth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, that is, the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man, clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold of Euphaz. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone when I saw this great vision, and no strength remained in me. For my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words, and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, 
for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. Daniel chapter 10, verses 1 through 14. We continue our track through Daniel's visions and dreams, Daniel chapter 10, chapter 11, and chapter 12. And the mystery of God's message is not in the meaning, but in the difference between what is holy and what is unholy. When God comes to us, it is not always to heal us, but rather to reveal to us. When God comes to us, it's not always to heal us, but to reveal to us. When we are self-absorbed, we tend only to seek God in times of distress. But Daniel was not like that. He was not self-absorbed. He sought the Lord for the future of his people. And the Lord heard him. And there are several things that we can learn from the Lord in the experiences that Daniel has written. Now, in Daniel chapter 10, he describes the place of his vision and who spoke to him. Now, it's clear that Daniel felt powerless and was filled with sheer terror when he described his encounter with the angel who was sent by God. The message the angel gave to Daniel was real and true, but had been delayed. The angel could not get to him right away. The angel revealed that the prince of Persia had been blocking him. This seems to refer to the invisible spiritual powers that exist in our world and their war against holiness. And let me tell you something right now. Those spiritual powers still exist today. They have not changed. Fortunately, by the power of God's grace and his Holy Spirit, we understand that we can pray and ask the Lord to overcome and heal us, and he will. God oftentimes waits for our prayers so that heaven can be changed and God will do it. Now, God can do anything, but he's waiting to see what we will pray. So that's very, very important. Very interesting. Today, God reveals to us, take your Bible guide and turn to this particular passage. If you don't have your Bible guide, why not? We'll send you one. Call us and write to us and uh, we'll send you one. But another way you can get one right now is you can download it off the internet. Go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com, BibleDiscoveryTV.com. Click on the page on the website and it'll take you to the Bible guide. You can download it exactly how we have it. But I want to thank you for all your donations. They keep us strong and keep us able to stay here every day. So and in summertime, that's really a challenge. But nevertheless, God helps us every year for 33 years. He's helped us. And that is very good. Father, I pray today, all of us pray today, that you would speak to us about how you reveal to us. Help us to hear you. Lord, I, I pray that we wouldn't be so wrapped up in our own ideas and our own things and our own what's going on in our life that we would not hear you. Father, we pray that all of our stuff would move out of the way and we would hear what you're doing because what you're doing is bigger. It includes our life, but it's bigger than our life. So help us to hear that, Lord, today. 
In the name of Jesus Christ, this is what we ask. Help us to read from your word to change our heart. In Jesus' name, and we all said together, amen. Now, with that in mind, we go to the first passage of scripture here. This is Daniel 10, verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed, revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long. And he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. Now, this is important. Remember this. Keep this in mind. Daniel understood the message and the time to which it referred. God speaks in wisdom and in truth always. We need his wisdom to understand what he says. We are not normally, you know, brilliant people. I'm a human being. I am not brilliant at all. In fact, I'm quite uh, unbrilliant, if you want to use that word. And we need to understand and pray and say, God, give us the mind of Christ, that we can hear you when you speak to us, Lord. Help us to hear you, Father. And we need to understand that. We don't normally, just because we're, you know, we top in the class or SAT levels, doesn't matter. Just because we're the top, that doesn't mean anything. The mind of Christ overcomes all of that. And we need to understand that. So help us to get like Daniel was and understand that we need God's help. Verse two, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three full weeks. Mourning. He was sorry. I ate no pleasant food, no meat, no wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Daniel was not living for his own pleasure, but was seeking the Lord, his God. I want to say that again. This is very important, especially to our North American friends. Look at this. Daniel was not living for his own pleasure, but was seeking the Lord, his God. Beloved, we need to seek the Lord daily to keep ourselves right before him. Do you know what that means? I'm learning what it means. It means I don't seek the Lord for everything I want. I realize that everything I want is not important, but what's important is that his will be done and his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That's how Jesus Christ taught us how to pray in Matthew 6. Beloved, we need to hear that. Thy kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Very important, beloved. We need to understand that when we pray, that's what we pray for. Now let's go on because the next verse is interesting. Now on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked and behold, a certain man clothed in linen whose waist was girded with gold of Afaz. His body was like beryl and his face was the appearance of lightning. His eyes were like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color and the sound of his words like the voice of the multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw this vision for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore, I was left alone when I saw this great vision and no strength remained in me for my vigor was turned to fertility in me and I retained no strength. 
Yet I heard the sound of his words. And while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground. Suddenly a hand touched me, a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. And then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days and behold, Michael, the one who is the chief of priests, came to help me for I had been left alone there with kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days for the revision or the vision refers to many days to come. Daniel was told that his prayer was heard. God answers prayer. We should be still and know that he is God when we pray. Hi, Rod Hember here. We go through the Bible every year from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. Now you can join us and watch at the time you like by searching Bible Discovery TV on the Roku box or on Amazon Fire TV. Anytime you want to watch us, we're there. Get a hold of it. Watch us anytime you want to. All right, welcome back to the program. My segment today documents two specific messianic prophecies in the Old Testament. And there are so many prophecies in the Bible describing and predicting what the Messiah's life and mission would look like. But these two we're going to talk about today actually pinpoint a specific time in history that the Messiah had to come. It's a longer segment today, so let's get to it. While there are hundreds of prophecies in the Bible describing the Messiah's life and mission, there are at least two that predict when he would arrive. The most well-known about of these prophecies is the so-called 70 weeks prophecy in Daniel 9. This was given to Daniel by the angel Gabriel at a time when Jerusalem and its temple was in ruins and the Israelites were exiles in Babylon. One of the things that makes this passage so important is that it gives a time frame that has clear beginning and ending points. According to verses 25 and 26, the Messiah will come sometime after a decree is issued to rebuild Jerusalem. When he does arrive, he will be cut off and have nothing. And this will happen sometime before the rebuilt Jerusalem and temple are destroyed for a second time. This limits the time frame for the Messiah's arrival between 444 BC, when Artaxerxes gave this decree, and 70 AD, when Jerusalem and the temple were destroyed once again. But what's so stunning about this prophecy is that it seems to narrow this window of time down even more, even down to a specific day, which just so happened to be the moment in history when Jesus of Nazareth made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. While not all accept this interpretation, at the very least, Daniel provides us a time frame with a clear beginning, 444 BC and end, AD 70. Yet it seems that another biblical passage reduces this 500-year window of time even further. Genesis 49.10 declares that the scepter will not pass from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until Shiloh comes. 
According to several rabbis and scholars, Shiloh is a clear reference to the Messiah, but can also be translated as the one to whom it belongs. And the scepter refers to Judah's tribal identity and judicial authority. And judicial authority is the right to administer and enforce Torah law upon Jews living in Judah, including the right to judge capital cases and apply capital punishment. Based upon this understanding, Genesis 49.10 can be paraphrased this way. Tribal identity and judicial authority will not cease from Judah until the Messiah, the one to whom these legitimately belong, comes. History seems to indicate that Judah lost this authority sometime between 6 BC and AD 30. Significantly, according to the rabbis of the Talmud, they lost it in AD 30, the exact time Jesus' ministry began. And, as with Daniel's prophecy, since the temple along with the genealogical records were destroyed in AD 70, this was the absolute latest that the Messiah could come. So, Genesis 49.10 would appear to limit the Messiah's arrival between AD 30 and 70. A rabbi named Rachman confirmed this as he lamented, Woe unto us, for the scepter has departed from Judah, and the Messiah has not come. Of course, the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, did come, but his people rejected him and cut him off, just as Daniel had predicted. Nevertheless, the day is coming when they will see the one whom they pierced and recognize him as their Messiah. So a lot of us know about Daniel's 70 weeks prophecy in Daniel 9, but Genesis 49.10 also seems to narrow down the window of time in which the Messiah had to come, which was at the maximum between 6 BC to AD 70, since that's around the time that the scepter departed from Judah. But as I said in the segment, based on the Talmud, this window is even smaller, from AD 30 to AD 70. And AD 30 is a very interesting date because this was right around the time that Jesus began his earthly ministry. So Genesis 49.10 and Daniel 9 both point to a clear time in history when the Messiah had to arrive. And he certainly did arrive. Jesus came exactly when he was supposed to, and he will come again exactly when he's supposed to. That's exactly right. Um, one of the things that we have to remember is a lot of people are intense about this and they have trouble in Israel right now because uh, there are Christians worshiping a king of kings. For example, this was on the news and a lot of people were resisting them. But that resistance and that feeling is the same as it was in the New Testament church. So mm -hmm. I find that interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because that's uh, nearly 2000 years ago. Mm -hmm. So we find that fascinating. So anyway, that's another story. We'll get to that when we get down to the book of Revelation at the end of this year. Okay, Corey. All right. So mom, mm -hmm. Daniel 10, we were yes. talking before the show um, uh, about Daniel chapter 10, and we just thought there were some really interesting perspectives in here and really interesting points that we could draw out. And, and so when we're reading Daniel chapter 10, right away, we see in the third year of, Cy of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belshazzar. Its message was true and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. And then it goes into, at that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. Mm -hmm. This is really interesting to me because these are not, like Daniel goes into mourning, right? But the, but the way he describes his mourning is not the way that mourning 
happened in Israel all the time, right? So there's there's things missing. He doesn't rend his garments. He doesn't put on sackcloth. He's not sitting in the public streets. He's not covering himself with dust and ashes. And he's not fully fasting. He's mm-hmm. still eating food. He's just restricting his food to, um, he's just restricting animal products, right? No meat, right. no wine. I think this is interesting because perhaps because Daniel is an official of a foreign government and not a government that's following God, this may be all that he's able to do. Mm -hmm. So he is still mourning. He's still appropriately following through with what should happen, but yet he's modifying it to what his physical reality is. And so I think that's really interesting because we see Daniel having to, and even to a certain extent, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Having to play this line between I need I need to be an Israelite, I need to follow God, I need to circa, seek after God, and yet we're still living in this reality mm-hmm. of not living in, not having a job and living in a nation that is following God. And I think there's a lot that we can pull from there. Yes. But uh, I think it's really interesting, this idea of mourning and fasting, because they're very, very interconnected in the scripture, where almost every time you hear of a fast, it's in relation to repentance or mourning Mm -hmm. and or mourning. And there's this idea of making the physical, your physical body follow what's actually going on. And and we see that here with Daniel where he sees this vision and it's tremendously disturbing. And so he chooses to mourn Mm -hmm. and ask for God's intervention because he knows that something something is not right. Something's not right. right. And so he's Mm -hmm. going to make in his physical body something not right. It's not right. right. Yes. Right. And, and I think in, in, in the West, we often, we understand this concept of being so upset that you can't eat. That you can't eat. Right. Mm -hmm. And we kind of have this idea of it needs to be spontaneous. That's silly. I think that's, it doesn't have to be a spontaneous thing. There is benefit to making the physical follow the spiritual sometimes or following the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Did you want to go on to further on in chapter 10? Well, I think so, because y- you see that that he he has this vision. He's left alone. Yep. He sees this great vision and he says, I, I have no strength left in me. Right. Right. Uh, my vigor was turned to frailty in me and, and I retained no strength. So he's already starting off with no strength mm-hmm. and and he he comes into this but then he he sees this he says yet i heard the sounds of his words and while i heard the sound of his words i was in a deep sleep on my face so he he's literally he's passed literally out. passed out yeah Right. Which I mean, not only is he in a tremendous amount of spiritual anger, like he's seeing all these things that are overwhelming. He also hasn't really eaten properly for three weeks. Exactly. So exactly. But but when he sees this, he says, like, suddenly a hand touched me, Mm -hmm. which made me tremble on my knees and the palms of my hands. And this voice, he said to him, oh, Daniel, man, greatly beloved. Mm -hmm. What a way to be addressed in this. Right. But he's still petrified, greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. So we go through this whole thing, but he says to him, do not fear for from the first day that you set, listen to this part, that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself Mm -hmm. before your God, your words were heard. So back where you introduced this, Mm -hmm. we see Daniel understanding that something 
something is not right. He took the word of he he took the vision that God gave him so seriously yes. that he changed his life because of it. Because of that, mm-hmm. and began to seek God mm-hmm. humbly. Knowing, I mean, Daniel was a great man in the kingdom of Babylon at this point in time. He was a great man. He could have made all excuses. I have a job to do. I have to keep up my appearances for the king. God put me in this position, so here's what I have to do. Mm -hmm. But he didn't make excuses, did he? He did did not. He heard, he, he got a vision from God, and he immediately began to humble himself, not only in his heart, but also... Physically, outwardly as well. Exactly. He was all in. Mm -hmm. All in. I like that. (laughs) Right? Yeah, Daniel was all in. Daniel was all in. And we see here that it made an impact Mm -hmm. and that it made an impact with God, that God heard him from the very first word that he uttered. And I don't know about you, Corey, but I know in in my life sometimes, many times, I've begun to pray and I don't feel like there's an answer coming. Yeah. I don't see that there's an answer coming. And and many of us are very quick then to stop praying yeah. or to pull back. And I think that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. I really do. That I think it's good for us to pursue um, our desires with God. We need to be all in. Yeah. We need to be all in. We can't just in. assume, oh, well, I guess the answer is no, because God wouldn't want me to go through this extended period of discomfort. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe he would, because maybe there's something that you're supposed like, to there was spiritual warfare going on in Daniel's time mm-hmm. and he had to wait to be strengthened by God. Mm-hmm. There could be a myriad of reasons that that God wants you to go through an extended period of discomfort. Yes. No one likes talking about it, but it's true. But it's true. And Jesus said that we would have trials. We mm-hmm. would have tribulations, but that he's overcome the world. So where do we put our trust and our hope in the things that we can do? Mm-hmm. No, our trust and our hope needs to be in the God of heaven, yes. in in our God, whom Daniel also put his trust. He brought him his whole self, mm-hmm. spiritual and physical, into submission before God. Mm-hmm. And we, we see now that God sends this angel to him to explain what has been going on. And he, and he, and he strengthens him yeah. with the words of God, and yeah. he touches him. And gives him that strength. And I think too, Corey, in these last 25 seconds, we can be that impact on somebody else as well. When somebody's going through something, it's the word of God that can bring encouragement. It's our testimony of who God is and his faithfulness that can bring strength Mm -hmm. and bring hope to people Mm -hmm. through the Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Hold on. There is hope and there is truth and there is healing in God. Hey, join us on Rumble. We have a live stream on Rumble. We have all our programs on Rumble. It's a great social media network. And I want to encourage you, go to Rumble. There's no spots or commercials interrupting us. And Rumble is where you can see what we do live. We do nine programs in the studio. God has helped us. Well, today let's pray. Father, I wanna praise your mighty and powerful name for the good things you've done in my life and our lives. Help us, Lord, today. In Jesus' name, 